0: Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, welcome, welcome, welcome to the new episode of Outside the Sheds. I am your host... Truthfully, you're shed a at heart. I am Corey Jackson and welcome. I'm so happy to have you Shed Heads here this week. I don't know if you can understand why I would be so excited. I don't know. Why don't we go back through our notes from the last week, maybe the last two weeks. Look, hold on, let me do let me do the numbers. Hold on. I'm doing this mentally. Hold on. If you see if your lights are flickering at home, hold on. Carry the one. Okay. Right. Then let me scratch that out. Okay. Yes. Oh, that was easy enough. Thirteen for sixteen. Does that number have ring any bells with any of you? Because it should. Your Shed Damas is hot. And if you remember last season in the playoffs, when I was picking at a 67% clip, I'm surpassing that right now. I'm also surpassing it because we just went seven for eight for this last week. And if the Newcastle Knights didn't wake up. And somehow find a way... I don't know what happened there. You know, everything was pointing in a different direction. I went with it. Felt really good about it. And that was my only loss. It was my only non-pick for the week. Uh, So thank you, Kalen Ponga, for remembering that you're one of the greats of the game. And Bradman Best, yeah, you too. Let's go over the scores. Then we'll break it down. And we'll continue this beautiful journey together. Shall we not? First off... You know, some of the pundits were saying going into this round that they really felt, uh, I think it might have been even Brandy Alexander. Uh, Brandy, I think, was saying that um, he felt that this was going to be a week of blowouts. And it's kind of funny how guys that have played the game kind of sense that. I don't know, is it because they know the season's winding down a little bit, players are a little bit beat up, tired, you know, and let's not even talk about the COVID outbreak and in uh, some parts of, of, of Queensland that affected the round. Um, we lost, we didn't have a Super Saturday this week, which was a little bit different, but again, uh, you might still want to take him out because of, of him getting in the way of the tackles and the high tackles that we had in the uh, NRL this season for about five to six rounds where the, the game was an upheaval and... Guys were getting sent off as fast as you'd send a bus boy off to, to, to recook some of your food or warm it up. Um, but one thing that we can all agree with Peter Velandis, is the man gets the job done. And I had some harsh words for, for Peter Velandis earlier when, when he did that, um, when he was, you know, he implemented the high tackles. And I think if, if you went back and talked to him, he'd probably say that he wouldn't do it the same way again. This would be an off-season change, and they'd kind of work that in, and and you know what, you know Peter Valantis is a human being, and we all make mistakes, um, and he just made it on a grand stage, uh, you know, with the game. But one thing we can say is during the crisis that has taken over the last two years for the NRL, the man has made the, he's made the needle move. He's got the players where they need to be. He's got everyone on board. And if you listen to the players talk, every single one of them that have a brain, and what I mean by that, 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 that really get what's going on, they all thank him because they know what, what what goes into keeping this type of thing going and not acting like it's not a problem like some parts of the world do. Um, and so when Volandes did this and made this happen and put things in flux a little bit, um, he still made it happen, and he still pulled it off. So, hats off to him. I really wanted to start before we got into these scores that we wouldn't have these scores to go into if he wouldn't have been the leader that the NRL uh, has in charge. And again, he stepped up in the most dire situation. So, with that being said, in my Peter Velandi's endorsement stamped, let's continue. You see that? That was a heck of a stamp. So, Roosters, 28, Eels, nothing. The Eels are in trouble, shed heads. Dom, this is a message to you. Wait, hold on. I'm sending Morse code to uh, Wyoming. I'm sending it to, wait. I'm sending it to Dom. Gonzalez Your eels are in trouble. Yes, that's what I just said. Because these boys, a team that was so, they're in such trouble that Clint Guthrison has shaved his hair off and looks like a Tibetan monk right now. That's how bad things are going for the eels. They can't score. They can't score. And we're going to go into this a little bit longer when we get into the 40-20 because some real some real kind of, I don't want to say troubling, but some really scary stuff is coming up for, for a couple of the sides right now that are really trying to make their way into the top four. But the roosters were dominant, more injuries hit, hit the roosters camp, um, and they just keep rolling. Just keep rolling. Just keep rolling. So you have to think there's a reason that that the Roosters are trying to circle to get Trent Robinson, to get Robo to sign on for a lifetime contract because the guy just keeps getting the best out of the Chooks. Warriors 18, Tiger 6. Well, well, well. Besides Rashad Adama's picking the game that no one else is picking with that one, the Warriors... A team that barely fielded a team, a team that moved Ewan Aiken into a position he's never played or hasn't played for a very, very long time, they find a way to skin the cat. And I hate to say it that way because I love cats and I love tigers even more, but that was a poor-skinned kitty that we watched out there. Madge's boys got up 10-0 and and limped home and lose 18-16. But I think I think the real lasting effect from this game that we're gonna see these last few rounds, and this is really, I think, the last nail in the coffin of the McGuire era at the Tigers, is the loss of Dane Laurie to this fractured leg, which has now ruled him out for the rest of the season. Because besides <laughs> Adam Dewey has been a little up and down at times, you know, he's even lost his starting position in the five-eighth role. He's come on late over the last three or four weeks. He's back in the side, playing 5'8", and he's looked good. But if you want to say from the beginning of the season to up to this last round, the one, the one shining spot for the Tigers has been Dane Laurie. He's been, he's been sound. You, you've not seen him make mistakes, any mental errors, any bad plays at the fullback position. And now he is gone. And he is a real spark plug for that team, because when Dane Lurie's firing, the Tigers play on a different level. Now, I know Moses Mbai is going to foot, you know, slide into that spot. And no matter how much of a of a player and how how much respect I have for Moses Emba, he does not have the strike of Dane Lurie. He doesn't have the quick twitch of Dane Lurie. Um And even though he's got some semblance with that spine, because he's played 58 as well, he's worked with. Um, with Brooksy and all that type of stuff. That's a huge attack element that is not going to be in the Tigers' side. And I think this is, like I said, I think that is the final nail in the coffin. And like I said, Madge didn't get Dane Laurie hurt, but unfortunately sometimes coaches feel the brunt of not having full rosters. And I think this this, uh, deduction from the Tigers uh, is going to be uh, the last straw. Broncos 37, Cowboys 18. Uh, you know, you want to say two teams going in two totally different directions, but the Cowboys are still right outside the eight. Uh, I don't think most of us feel by any means that they're going to make the playoffs, but you have to love Kevy's boys. And you guys know that Tyson Gamble is one of my favorite players in the league. Uh, the guy has just got, he's got that it factor. He's got a grit to him. He may never be the flashiest player, but some of those passes, that he did by kick in that game. Uh, you really sometimes you, you you worry that a player doesn't get long enough to get comfortable in his position in his role that he's really able to excel to his full potential, right? And I think that the Tigers. Oh wait a second, this is hard to believe. Let me. You guys want to take notes on this? The Tigers once again gave up on a player too early. Anyway. Gamble's up there now, and I think if he finishes the season in this position, he may be perfect to play alongside Anna Reynolds next year. And I know that he's maybe not the the, 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 the prettiest pick or the, the flashiest pick. He's not that sports car. He's not that shiny new diamond. But he's got a grit that I think the Broncos need. And I think that they really feed off of that. And he even had a quote that I saw online this week that he said he's really happy they took away the punch-up because he thinks that he he would have been punched repeatedly in the face by opposing teammates because he gets under their skin. He's that type of player. But he's also a skilled player. So that's the reason I went out on a limb and I took the Broncos over the Cowboys last week, and, and it paid off. Well, we've talked about this already. Knights 34, Raiders 24. Uh, you know the best man return, Bradman best, and and you know he's one of those young stars that they were talking about last season. He's had injury, you know. This Newcastle team has fought injury all season, uh, but they still have not fully drowned. And now they're in sight of the finish line where they could go on a run here, and they could finish in the top eight, which I said that they were going to at the beginning of the season. Even though I had my my hesitation as the season went on, with you know with Mitchell Pierce going down and Ponga getting beat up every week, and you know, but they're right there. And I think you know, with the addition of Jake Clifford in the halves with Mitchell Pierce, I think that they may make the eighth. Like I said, Storm thirty-seven, Panthers ten. Um, you know, the the new king of the street. You know, the first fa- first half of the season it was dominated by the Penny Panthers. The boys from the, the, the from the foot of the Blue Mountains were just Destroying everybody, and now we've got a different team, the same season that is going for a record to try to win 19 in a row. Now I don't know if that happens and that continues past this week. You guys are going to have to wait till I get to my picks for you to make some money and for you to get a little greatness. But I'm going to tell you this right now: they are a joy to watch that Melbourne side, and 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 I really feel the storm. Uh, I, I, by every means, they're going to run. A, they're going to make a deep run in the, into the playoffs. But you know, now there's, the, but there is a little rumbly now that uh, that Hughes might not be in the halves this week for this big, big, big matchup between them and the Sea Eagles. Which I can't wait to get into this later in the forty twenty because this the this is a a a moment in my footy history that changed my feeling about the game and made me fall in love with it even more. Rabbitoh's 50, Dragons 14. The barbecue debacle continues. Uh, the Dragons continue to plummet. And we've got some news out of there that we're going to cover in the 40 20 coming up. Uh, that's even more bad news for the Dragons. But the rabbitos, no team, don't forget, no team has won a grand final. No team has won at all that has lost and given up 50 points in a season to a team. And you wonder if history is being tempted right now, if fate is being tempted, because if the Rabbitohs can kind of get in there and not have to face, let's say, uh, the Melbourne Storm week one of the of the of the finals, and they let somebody else do some of the dirty work for them, and they maybe get into that that two or three spot and stay there, you kind of wonder if that Storm team. I, I, I mean. Let's be honest. The Rabbitohs are not the best defensive squad in the club right now, but they have incredible strike. And if it gets into a shootout, you never know who can win a shootout. So anyway, Rabbitohs 50, Dragons 14. Titans 34, Bulldogs 6. Again, Justin Holbrook's boys catching catching smoke, catching heat late in the season, getting on a roll. Uh, And you know the dogs are going to dog. That's going to be exciting, folks. This match, shedheads. this match we got this week between the Tigers and the Bulldogs might have the potential of being the ugliest match of the season, but it might be must-watch TV. You might might just have to watch it. No different than when you're driving down the road and you see an accident on the side of the road. You try to force yourself to look straight ahead, but you have to take a sneak over. You have to take that peek just to see what the hell happened over there. (laughs) What happened? And you have to look over, right? You have to that's what this match is. Bulldogs Tigers is that car crash on the side of the road, and you're just trying to see who was the idiot that turned without his blinkers on. That's right. It happens. Not me though. I don't do that. I'm a blinker guy. Sea Eagles 40. Sharks 22. It calls me. Just like looking at the side of the road right now, this makes me want to sing almost. This moment wants me to, to get the pipes going talk about some of the greats of Desi, Turbo, and just start singing. But I can't do it yet. I can't. I can't, you know, I next thing you know, I'm gonna have to go on tour with this song, and I'm not gonna do that. I'm very happy, bunkered up, letting COVID fly over the top of my foxhole. Uh so I'm not singing right now. But what I will sing about is the Sea Eagles and their march forward. So let's go over to so, some some let's get a little bit deeper into this last week. And I really want to start with that last match we just talked about. Turbo Tom led his team to a total demolition of the Sharkies, and and I and I, wow. You know, if you think back back over history, like you know, I I might think about Michael Jordan, you know, or or, um, you know, I'm not a Patriots fan, but you know, some of the things that Tom Brady has done with the Patriots, or you know, just great moments when you just know you're watching an athlete that is really coming into a place that no one can really touch him at, right? And I think that's what I'm seeing right now with, with Turbo. Like, and you, and you start to think, what happens if Tom Travojevic doesn't get in a race? I mean, fall in his shower and hurt his hamstring at the beginning of the season. And if Manley would have had him all through this season. You know, I've been watching, going back and looking at some old episodes of uh, late night with Matty Johns and, and uh, Sunday night footy with Matty Johns. And I listened to some of these guys talk how the season was over for Manly. And that, well, we won't even talk about Fletch and Hindy and that, you know, you probably don't want to bet on anything they say, no matter you might love them still. But Hindy was saying that Turbo coming back isn't going to make that much of a difference. It's made all the difference in the world. And if you watch this match this, this on Sunday, you know, on Sunday or Monday, whatever day it was for you guys, I'm saying, but even when the Seagulls were dominating the Sharks, when they pulled Tom off with the last 10 minutes to go, they weren't the same team. They weren't the same team. They 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 gave up what two tries for sure, I think in those last 10 minutes. Maybe three, I'm sorry. it's it, it's skipping me right now, but but either way, they weren't the same team. And Turbo even talked about it in the interview afterwards. He's like, we just really got to shore up. You know, we've got to make sure we finish a game strong. And I don't think that it was a matter of them not finishing a game strong. He just wasn't on the field. But if you look at this side that Desi's put together, and I and I wrote this down, you've got Tom Travojevic, Jason Saab, Morgan Harper, and Ruben Garrick. That core of players that I just mentioned right there, this new strike, this new elite combinations that are forming up, Ruben Garrick, the missile with that right leg, making, you know, I, I would say right, since, he, since Tom came back, I think he's making 80% of his, of his kicks or higher. Heck, he was one of our guns a few weeks ago because he went 11 for 11, I think. But all of these guys are 25 years and under. You want to know why Desi looks like he has no gray hair in his head, and that those locks are flowing, is because Desi knows what he's got. He knows what he's got, and 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 uh, and you're telling me that you know, these guys with another season, another two seasons, working together and playing together, aren't going to get better, and aren't going to hone their skills and know where each other are at. I'm saying that is why Desi. In his, in his mumbling self knows that he's secure. And also, remember this, Desi's so bright, he signed a contract on performance. When everyone said he was an idiot, Desi signed a contract showing that you pay me by our performance. And now who looks like the genius? Because you're going to get Saab and, and Morgan and all these guys this coming offseason, even if they don't you know, win the grand final this year, They've got to come back into the 2022 season as one of the favorites. Easily. You know, I haven't even mentioned Cade Cust, who can't really seem to find his position with the club, where they're going to play him, but Cade Cust is young still. So you've got a young nucleus. You've got a young team here. And then you've got some veterans. You know? You've got DCE. You've got Kieran Foreign. And I think that is what makes it so exciting uh, for, for the boys at Brookvale and, and, and them going forward, the type of danger and the type of destruction that they could still cause later on. But w- with all that being said, to me, maybe the best moment besides the offensive prowess of watching Manley rev it up, at about a 5 RPM, was watching Will Chambers lay out Dylan Walker. Now you guys have heard me talk and get up in my soapbox before, and 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 talk about how I'm I'm I don't put up, I don't, uh, I make no excuse for any type of domestic abuse or, or 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 hitting of women or any of that stuff. I got no place for it, got no time for it. And we know in the off season, Dylan Walker uh, was up for quote unquote allegedly, you know, charges filed about him abusing his girlfriend, fiance. And sometimes you, know, you wonder in these player confines, you know, all these guys kind of know each other, right? They're a fraternity. No matter if they're on the same team or not, they're a fraternity. But Will Chambers cutting Dylan Walker in half with that and then standing up and yelling at him about, you beat your lady, mate, you beat your lady, and getting into him, like lighting into him. And some people thought were so uncomfortable with it, with him saying that. Like like some of these, and, and I was sitting there going, you get him, you get him. Because one thing about Will Chambers, he, I don't want to say he's polarizing because he's, he's known throughout the league as being a guy that is liked. But he's going to light into you. He's going to freaking give you a little bit of the gab. He's going to give you a little bit of sledging. But that was personal. That was personal for him. And yes, he knows that Dylan Walker's a hothead, but you know what's funny about it? And I've always said this. Guys who are known to do that, to raise their hands, to uh, treat somebody who can't keep up with them physically to an extent, if you know what I mean, they don't seem to have that same type of strike when when a grown man's standing in front of them. And you know what? Dylan Walker didn't want any of Will Chambers. He stayed as far away from Will Chambers as he could. He kept his mouth kind of closed. And Will Chambers fed off of that. Will Chambers doubled down then. Knowing that he was weak. Knowing that he was an inferior. Knowing that if he wanted to give him the hands, Dylan Walker was in trouble. And I loved every moment of it because I don't stand for that. And I think that the judicial system did not work in that case when it came to Dylan Walker. And I think that is why you saw Will Chambers do what he did. Because deep down, he thought this guy isn't a good dude. He's had other problems, folks, besides just that case I'm talking about. And Will Chambers had a chance to, how should I say, put his own justice in place. So you guys can get mad and and say things, shed heads. I don't think a lot of you have done it, but I'm going to say something. Look deep into what happened. Look at the things that were said, and then ask yourself, if you have a problem of, of, of somebody calling out somebody for doing those type of things, maybe you should look at yourself in the mirror a little bit. So let's go on to the Newcastle Knights, the team that cost me my perfect week. (sighs) <sighs> well, let's, I'm done. I'm done feeling sorry for myself. But I will say this about the Knights. The, boy, the boys and the Hunter have reappeared in the rearview mirror of the top eight. And they're coming on strong. To me, it was a game on paper, like I said earlier, that it looked easily like an easy pick for the Raiders. Sticky's boys are going to march on through, keep on going, keep marching up the ladder. But somebody didn't tell Newcastle this. And the thing that makes me very, very curious about this Newcastle team is they, they just did this to a, to a Raiders team that really needed that win, a Raiders team that could have put a little bit of distance, got themselves a little bit more safe and secure in that top eight. But instead, a Newcastle Knights team that didn't have one of their biggest leaders, Mitchell Pierce, still injured uh, with that hamstring. Looks like he's playing this week, though, which is good. He's going to kick off the week this week. But they still came out and put an incredible performance together without one of their most sound leaders. And and it now looks like because you've got injuries now in the camp, Braley is out after he somehow came back after the head knock that he took. And that may be, I'm not going to say anything because I'm not a doctor. Matter of fact, I'm not going to ever talk bad about the medical people. I kind of like them. They kind of mean something to me. Sometimes. I'm joking. Anyway, no. But I, I just sometimes wonder what some of these medical professionals are doing. Because everybody, when that hit happened to Braley, said he was done for the game. No way is he coming back. No way. And all of a sudden, he takes the field in the second half, right? Okay, let's jump ahead. He's now been ruled out for, this, or for tonight's game, Thursday's game, because they're going to arrest him now. They're going to arrest Brayley, And Brayley got, I watched the interview with Brayley after the game. He said he was fine. He's ready to go. He's going to be ready to go on Thursday. So what changed? What happened there? And you hope it's because the doctors are saying, well, you know, we do know he had head trauma and we just don't want to risk him. Well, if you don't want to risk him four days later, why are you risking him in the second half? And unfortunately, that makes you think, was it because it was so important to get that victory? And now we can rest him? I don't know. But to me, it looks shady. And it looks a little, eh, I don't know. Maybe I don't want that guy to be my doctor. Maybe that's my saying. Maybe I'll just say that. But that's the type of thing that makes you really worried, And it may, you know... Like I said, resting him this week, great. Um, because you don't want him to take another head knock. But he took another head knock because he was making tackles. I'm saying he's a, he's, he's a dummy half. He's a hooker. So that's not going to change the fact that Bradman Bust was rampaging over everybody. The Ponga and Jake Clifford. Jake Clifford looking really good in the halves. You give Jake Clifford time, he can do some damage. And again, J.G. Clifford played very, very well. I'm very, I'm very interested to see how that halves combination goes, how that spine works with Mitchell Pierce coming back though this week. Um, and I'm very, very excited. And because I think it's going to be a very, very good game. Uh, I think some injuries might, might really prevent the Broncos and Kevy's boys to really bring their best foot forward um, because of some of those key losses. But uh, that being said, I think that's going to be a good, good match. And but I'm very, very interested to see uh, Mitchell Pierce back in the side. So let's go on to the 40-20. And I'm kind of starting the 40-20 a little bit different this week, shedheads, because I want to kind of, I want to kind of bring it to you. The word panic. The word panic to me means that you're probably sweating, either from the armpits, forehead, stomach's a little upset. You don't really, you have an unease about the future. You have an unease about what might happen. You have an unease about what you're about ready to go through. But panic can do crazy things to people. And I've watched it. I've felt it. We've all felt it, right, Shedheads? We've all felt it. But I think we're seeing two clubs go to panic mode this week. And we're not even talking about King Gutho's haircut. And if you guys haven't seen this, this may be my picture for this week's uh, post on Instagram, cause this thing is a piece of work. I I, I don't let, let me tell you something. I don't know King Gutho's uh, situation right now. I don't know if he's got a girlfriend. I don't know what. I know he loves to take pictures of his dog, but his dog will not be licking his hand if he sees him walk in the front door with that haircut. It's it, I don't even know what to I don't even know what to say about it. But I'm digressing off of what I'm talking about. Panic. Even though that could be a panic approach that he's doing with that haircut. But the Eels and the Panthers, I think, are taking a gigantic, gigantic risk if they do what it looks like they are going to do. The Eels are going to, and they have listed, that Mitchell Moses is going to come back and play this week. And I think that is very, very dangerous. It's not that you're bringing Mitchell Moses just back against, you know, the Tigers or 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 the, the Bulldogs or I don't want to say Cavies boys cuz they tackle hard, but a, a lower tier side, okay? You're bringing up back against the Rabbitohs. And one of the things about the fracture that he has in his back is they don't think that that more damage can occur from this, that he's he's let it heal up enough that he should be solid, but it's still painful. And this is an injury, they're saying, quote-unquote, is a matter of how much pain he can handle. And if you don't think South Sydney knows that he's hurt, if you don't know that South Sydney is going to try to hit him every time he's even close to the ball just to see how he reacts, just to see what the ramifications might be. This is dangerous because we've seen that the Eels cannot win and score without him orchestrating the offense. You love Dylan Brown. You love some of the pieces, Gutho, all of them. But Gutho looks a little unsettled in his captaincy role. He's been yelling at players. He's been... Edgy, the, the the fun that you're used to seeing from, from Gutho isn't really there. And I'm not saying he's not enjoying playing the game, but I think the frustration is really, really high for him. But you, just things you're not normal, you're not used to seeing with Parramatta, the Eels. And the Blue and Golds are going to rush back Mitchell Moses. And I think if if he goes down, their season's shot. It's over. It's over. It is over. So I am very interested to watch this match just to see how he performs and how his body gets through something that's going to be and I'm downplaying that it's a physical tussle and a big tussle. You know, you've got you know, you've got three against four in that. And the Eels are dropping like a rock right now. They have to win this game. If they want to stay in the top four, they have to win this game. So that is one side of panic. The other side is another one of these top four clubs, the Penny Panthers. Ivan Cleary does not want to put his boy back in there. He doesn't want to put Nathan back already. And you kind of wonder if this call is coming from higher-ups, if you know what I mean. But there is real rumblings that, that, that Nathan Clittery might be taking the field against the Chucks this week. And I, and I don't think any of us know the extent of the shoulder injury. I don't know if we you know I've heard rumblings that as soon as the season's over, Nathan Clittery going, is going under the knife for surgery on that shoulder. But again, you're bringing him back against the roosters. You're going to let Jared Waria Hargraves have some shots at this guy? And I know Nathan Cleary is a tough, tough guy. Tough. But, but a shoulder injury isn't a matter of being tough. It's a matter of I can't lift my arm. We watched Cooper Cronk do that, right? In 2018, he couldn't, he couldn't lift his shoulder. But we're going to see. But I think this is a I think this is a panic moves by these two clubs to make sure they stay in the top eight. And I think both of them will also want to stay in the, sec- the second and third spot. So neither one of them have to play the Melbourne Storm to kick off the playoffs. Because don't forget, whoever finishes in that fourth spot is going to see Melbourne. And no one wants to see Melbourne right now. Now... We were talking about injuries. Well, we continue. I told you earlier that uh, Braley's being sat because of that. Um, Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt, the one good guy. Okay, there's more than just one good guy. Sims is a good guy. There's good guys there. They may not be the smartest guys, but there's good guys with that Dragons Club. But Ben Hunt didn't go to the barbecue. He was getting ready for origin. But in one season, he's now had a fractured leg, and now he has a fractured arm. And when and when with both those fractures, he finished playing the game. But he fractured his arm in his loss against the Rabbitohs. And it's probably the season for him. They haven't come out and said it yet, but it's probably the season for Ben Hunt. And if it's a season for Ben Hunt, you can pretty much say it's the season for the Dragons. Because without Ben Hunt, they are not going to the playoffs. They are not going to play finals footy. Just aren't. They're already dropping like a rock. And that's with him in the side. So that is a huge blow. And I know the Red V is shaking their head. Because a season that started with such promise has turned into an utter drubbing and some of it is due to their own freaking ineptness of doing smart things but bad bad news and it's and it makes it even worse because Ben hunt the highs he's had this season you know from origin um, the, the the way he's played got back into the side um now to the fact that his season could be over now, In team moving news, remember how last week I was saying that that the Roosters were circling uh, Dale Copley, trying to bring him in, and now we know that this is huge because Josh Morris went down with a hamstring and is now going to be out for five weeks, but Dale Copley is signed for the remainder of the season for the Chooks, and you think that his experience is going to really pay some dividends going forward, and... He has history with the Chooks. He's played for the Roosters. So he's kind of coming back home to an extent. But that is going to be a key, key, key key, key signing for Robbo's boys uh, as they continue their hunt for the top four. Now, speaking of signings, another one that we talked about last week that's now become official. Now, we thought that this might happen uh, during the season, but that's not the case. But it still went down. The MILF. Anthony Milford has signed on with South Sydney for 2022. Huh, I don't know what to make of that. I think that Anthony Milford definitely needed to get in a new surroundings, he needed a new environment. But one thing the Milford is definitely going to need, is he's going to need leadership around him. And I think he needs a guy that is actually going to have to he needs a halves partner that's going to allow him to run freely, right? That he's going to just be the creator. But he's not going to be the guy that sets things up. He's the Picasso. He's just the painter. You have no idea what the hell he's... Well, you just give him a sheet of paper and throw him a few some ink and he goes, right? But he's not going to be able to do that because you can't have two running halves in your halves department. And we already know that's what, that is what is already going to happen with the pairing they have right there. He needs, he needs an Adam Reynolds type of player by his side. And if he doesn't have an a- Adam Reynolds by his side, he's not going to be able to be, and, and, and I will say this right now, he is going to be a 14. He's going to be a 14 to the standpoint that he, he can't carry your team from just running. So, That being said, I guess we'll have to see what the signing of Anthony Milford means. But uh, Cody Walker is the guy in the halves and he is already the runner. And, And let me tell you something. Anthony Milford is not unseating Cody Walker. And I think Benji Marshall is a better 14 than Anthony Milford. So, Big signing. We'll have to see what it means, but um, big signing. Now, I told you I was excited. I told you that some of my history with the game was going to be talked about right now, shed heads, and I I am to say that I'm excited about talking about this is an understatement. But this match that's this that's coming up Saturday night between the Storm and the Sea Eagles is the Battle of Brookvale. Which to me is one of the greatest moments of me watching the game. Like it, it the intrigue of that season. First off, the Eagles go on in that 2011 season and win the grand final, right? They had an incredible team. DC, Kieran Foran were there, you know, in the Habs. Yeah, you, you had the Stewart brothers, uh, Glenn Stewart, Brett Stewart, the Prince of Brookvale, um, and that night tensions were high. Okay. You had Killer there, Jamie Lyon, for the Sea Eagles, one of my favorite players, and you just felt this unease, this 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 wrestle of power going on through this match. August twenty sixth, twenty eleven. All right, August twenty sixth, twenty eleven. Little little fracas breaks out. Glenn Stewart. Adam Blair right there. You you definitely know about Adam Blair, right? Adam Blair's never met a situation that if he can't stir the the spoon a little bit that he doesn't love. But both of them get sent off, right? Both of them get sent off the pitch, get sent off the field, blah, 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 whatever. Off, off you go. 10 in the bed. Get out of here. And Glenn Stewart is already on the sideline. He's walking away. And Adam Blair comes running up to him and gets in front of him and they start to have some words. And I don't think they're exchanging recipes, okay? But they start having words. And next thing you know, punches are being thrown. And and we're not talking baseball, major league baseball punches where no one really wants to fight because they might have a hangnail. No, we're talking we're talking NHL enforcers type punches being thrown. And, and next thing you know, everybody runs into this thing. And once again, people said they were scared. Once again, people said that you know they were nervous about the situation. Guess what happened? No one got injured. Okay? No one got injured. But it is still the battle of Brookvale. It's still considered the battle of Brookvale. It's still talked about. Everybody knows where they were at when it happened. Everyone remembers uh, the, the feelings, the emotions they had from that. That's what we get again. We get a battle of Brookvale. Okay, it's not at Brookvale Oval, though, unfortunately. But that's what these teams are going, and, and they're both firing right now. The good thing about this, when you have a matchup like this, like we had a matchup last week everyone was talking about, right? We had the, the Panthers and the Storm right? So the Storm had back-to-back weeks of these big, big matchups, right? The Panthers came into it with one bullet in the gun, right? And the Melbourne Storm came walking in with an M16 AK-47, right? They had they, they had multiple clips. They were ready to go. So deep down, I think all of us knew that you know, the Panthers were going to have to battle if they had a full side against the Storm right now. And they didn't even have Nathan Cleary. They didn't have They didn't have Brian Ta'o. They didn't have uh, Kursa. They didn't have anybody that they needed, right? Main key guys missing. It was never close. It was never close. That is why this match is so, 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 so intriguing and so exciting. Because besides this talk now that that, uh, Jerome Hughes might be out for an injury for this match, um, we're going to have full sides. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's, well, I guess as healthy as anybody can be in round 21 of an NRL season. But all of these teams are flying and they're coming together and they're coming head to head right now. And I think that's why there's so much talk about the Battle of Brookvale right now because everybody knows that these are two sides that are firing and they're coming head to head at 60 miles an hour. And there's going to be fireworks. And I'm so excited for this. And you know, getting to watch these clips for the Battle of Brookvale uh, all this week as it's leading up to the match has been very, very exciting for me. So if you get a chance, go on to YouTube, uh, just look up Battle of Brookvale, uh, and you'll see some of the, the, the proceedings and some of the events that I was just talking about to get you ready. So let's go into round 21. Let's go into these matchups. Let's go into these picks. Uh, they're going to be good. We've got some really key matchups. Starting Thursday night, like I told you, tonight, Knights versus Broncos. I'm going with the Knights. I, I think that Ponga and Pierce, Bradman Best, um, Jake Clifford. I, I just I it's hard for me to believe that the Knights don't don't win. Friday, Raiders at Dragons, Eels against the Rabbitohs. I don't think Ricky's boys played two bad games against two clubs they probably should beat, and I and you look at the Dragons and why would you think with Ben Hunt not even running out with this team that they would even have a chance to compete against Ricky's boys, the Raiders. So I've got the Raiders and I've got the Rabbitohs over the Eels. I just I just think the Rabbitohs are playing too too they're playing too good right now. They're the the skill they're showing. The strike they're showing, and we've got a Neels team that can't even score right now. So I'm got the rabbit toes Saturday, Warriors and Sharks started out. What a what a game we had at one time, right? Where we were gonna have uh, Sean Johnson in the halves for the Sharks, um, going up against his future team, going up his team for next year. Um, It it was just set up for some really, really special moments, I think, that we were going to really, really see. Um, Now, on paper, you would think that the Sharks should win this, but I'm not going that way. I'm going with the Warriors. I think the Warriors uh, are going to win that. I think they're going to upset the Sharks. And I think that it's going to be a big, big victory. I think the Warriors are going to finish the season strong. Even though on paper, again, there's no reason for them to because they're not going to make the finals. But I think that these guys are dialed in, and they're in their element now. All these teams are uprooted now and staying in resorts, and that's what the Warriors have been doing. So I've got the Warriors over the Sharks. Next, there's the battle we talked about: the Roosters versus the Panthers. Another slugfest that we're gonna see. Um, and I and I, man, I can't wait for this match too. Uh, it's gonna be fun. You got some bad blood in this one, so I've got. But I've got the Roosters. I think even if Nathan Cleary comes back. You know, even with Appy back, I just think the Roosters, they, they're they the team coming on, and the Panthers are the team that are treading water trying to finish. And I just think the team that, that's hungrier, that has more to play for, uh, is the team that'll come out on the top. So I've got the Roosters. Sea Eagles versus the Storm. Battle of Brookvale, not at Brookie. Storm are playing so well, but I think that the intangible to this one, is that Bellyache is still kind of flip-flopping back and forth about Pappenhausen and Nico Hines, right? Pappenhausen isn't firing on all cylinders yet since he came back two weeks ago. Nico Hines is not starting. It looks like Pappenhausen is going to get the start. But you're not letting either fullback feel 100% comfortable yet, right? And I think then you look on the other side of the field and you've got Turbo and these young manly players that we talked about. And don't forget who one of the coaches is for Manly right now, but the Prince of Brookvale himself, Brett Stewart. The venomous snake is there. In, in I, I don't know if I told you this. Uh, my two favorite NRL jerseys are my Brett Stewart diabetes jerseys that I have. To my two favorite jerseys. The venomous snake, okay? The Prince of Brookvale. So I am going with the Sea Eagles. And I will, here's what I'm going to do. This is what I'm doing for you, Shedheads, right now. Besides me giving you victories and wins with my picks, win Manly wins on Saturday night, I will promise you that I will come back next week's show and you get to hear two, of the, two different renditions of Desi's back. That's right. It's my promise to you. I might have some new verses for you. But I will come back. And you will get to hear the cherub pipes of an angel singing your favorite song of the great Desi Hasler. Now, enough of that because we've still got to take care of business. But Bulldogs versus Tigers. My other match that I'm so excited for because this, again, could be some horrendous football. This could be bad and i'm excited because when it's like a movie that's so bad you can't take your eyes off it you just got to watch it i'm thinking of top secret the movie with val kilmer love it but it's a pretty damn bad movie but i love it you got to straighten the rug okay i'm not saying it for you again one of my favorite songs in the movie but i actually have the top secret val kilmer album on vinyl take that to the bank shed heads I don't even know what that thing's worth. That thing's got to be worth a lot of money cuz they couldn't have printed that many of them. But anyway, my top secret moment, Bulldogs versus Tigers. And you know what? I'm going with Gus Gould. I'm going with the I'm going with the Bulldogs over the Tigers. I think without Dane Laurie back there in the fullback position, this is this is really coming up to some some troubling times coming up for the West Tigers. And then the match to end the round. Titans versus the Cowboys. Justin Holbrook's boys. I'm going with Justin Holbrook's boys. I don't think I don't even need to just to, 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 to kind of make you guys want any more. Uh, which one I'm going to pick? Titans, 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 Titans. Give me some Perseus. Give me some Harry Hamlin. I want Clash of the Titans. I'm taking the Titans. So let's go over these picks again. I've got the Knights, the Raiders. The rabbitoes, the warriors, the roosters, the sea eagles, the bulldogs, and the Perseus led Titans. That's right. I just did a Harry Hamlin Clash of the Titans. Not that remake crap. We're talking about the original. Give me some clay animation any day. So there he is. That is that is our NRL talk for the week. Now let's transition, let's pivot. Let's kick for touch. Let's go AFL. And boy, did Yashaddamas hit it this way. What did I tell you? The match of the round. Swans, the bloods against the Bombers. The last two times these teams played six points. Six points each match. Victories. Meaning, and as I say this again, close matches. These two teams battle. They go toe-to-toe. The Swans held barely, barely on to pull the victory out, 109-102. The Bombers came charging late. They kicked the last two goals to really push it, but the Swans held serve. The Swans held their nerve and pulled it out. Happily had four goals, and Isaac Haney and Jordan Dawson were brilliant in the halves. They were they controlled the middle, and I think that might have been the difference that got the Bloods home. But I'm going to tell you something, Shedheads. That was a huge blow for the Bombers. And I think if you looked at the Bombers on the bench, they know what chance they, 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 they really missed out on because they knew the way they were playing they had to get over the top in this one. Because they're battling for, to get into the top eight. And and now with that loss, it's made it even more difficult. Three rounds left. We've got three rounds left in the regular season. For this very unique, again, 2021 season. Now talking about two other teams that are really struggling and battling. Um, St. Kilda and Richmond. They may have taken their last breath, Shedheads. And I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but at the same time, when you take the best player of the game out of a side that has really struggled with injury all year, kind of what did you expect? And both of these clubs now, you know, a a debacle of a showing by the Saints against, against Carlton. But At least the Tigers showed some heart going down by, I think, four in their match. Even though they know they needed to win that as well. They're four points outside the top eight. And that means that they've got to have some clubs above them lose. And they've got to win at least two of their last three. Now one thing is the Tigers do have a little bit easier of a run home than some of these other clubs they're fighting to get into that 8th with but right now the strike just isn't really there for the tigers you know they just you're going to see this 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 next 3 weeks is going to show you everything about richmond especially about richmond going forward cuz dim is going to have to bring out the best of his boys if they're going to go forward and they're really going to do something and I don't know if they've shown me if they've got that in them this year. They look like a team that's a little bit tired. Um, but one thing about it, we, we know if Richmond can find a way in, they could be dangerous. But they've got to start, starting this weekend, they've got to show their mental, they've got to show their toughness, and they've got to do it. So I'm very eager to watch this now. Like I said, they're playing. Uh, Four weeks ago, this this looked like an easy victory. They're playing the ruse, right? They're playing North Melbourne. But North Melbourne's played some good football the last three weeks. So there's nothing that's going to be handed to the Tigers this week. This weekend, I guess I should say. So interesting, interesting, interesting weekend coming up. These next three weeks are going to be brilliant uh, for the AFL. Now, I've told you before, my favorite stadium uh, in the NFL ranks is Adelaide Oval. And we get Showdown 50 this weekend between Port Adelaide and the Adelaide Crows. Because of South Australia and some of the limitations, uh, 15,000 fans are going to be allowed into the showdown. It is an Adelaide Crows home match. But uh, it will be nice that 15,000 get to see Showdown 50. If you have not had a chance to see the showdown... Uh, it is on FS, FS2, FS I think, this weekend. Um, but here's the crazy thing. You've got a Port Adelaide club that's in the top four right now, sitting in fourth. And you've got a Crows team that are not going to make the playoffs. I think the Crows are sitting in 14th, 13th or 14th. And no matter where the rankings are right now, it is going to be a close game, and it's going to be. How should I say this? Uh, temper's will be high. Feelings will be high. And a lot of times, when you have a rivalry like this, it, it, you know the clubs have got to be be fighting for something. You know, both of them have got to be fighting for you know a, a top four, top eight finish. And that's not the case. But because of it being the showdown and showdown fifty. This is going to be an epic, 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 epic match to watch. So, if you get a chance, check that out. Showdown 50. Crow's power should be brilliant. Now, you know how good I've been over these last few weeks for my matches of the round? And I'm going with the 3 against 7 battle. The Demons against the Eagles. Monday it off to Stadium. The D's are in the top four, like we're like we're talking about. They're they're sitting in third right now, uh, and they're trying to stay in that top four. But the but the but the power in the swans are are closing quickly, and I think the D's, a team that has not been there, are feeling that pressure. I think the D's, a team that have not really had a lot of playoff success uh, recently. Okay, uh, very recently. Okay, not for forever. It almost feels like they're feeling it. And you've got two clubs in Port Adelaide and Sydney that have history with playing great footy late in the season. And I think the D and I, and I think the D's are really feeling it. And then you have the Eagles limping home. They're coming in with one wing. They're going out with a single flap trying to fly to their perch. And after a disastrous 45-point loss to the Magpies, Collingwood taking them, just running them through with the sword, they have to respond. The Eagles have to respond because if they don't win this week, even if by by the grace of God they find their way finishing in eighth, let's say, they're gonna get motorboat. They're gonna get boat raced out of the stadium. They've got to play incredible footy these last three weeks if they're going to do anything. And, they, and, and and tell me right now, Shedheads, what have you seen to make you think that the West Coast Eagles are going to be able to flip the switch to finish strong? And there's not a damn thing that I've seen. I think they're in deep, deep trouble. Deep, deep trouble. So anyway, that is my match of the round. I think it's got a lot of things for both these teams to play for, which is going to make it exciting. But I do see, by every means, the Ds coming up on top. So let's go into our guns. And I've got to tell you, um, it was so hard to pick two and three because one was so dominant. You you almost didn't want to pay attention to anybody else. But my number one gun is Turbo himself. Tom Travojevic. Once again, rips that top spot. And it makes you start to wonder, is he the best player in the game? Because right now, he's leading the Daily M as the best player in the NRL. But do we have a golden boot in his future as the best player in all of the game? And let's be honest, even if a guy from the Super League wins the Daily M, excuse me, wins the golden boot, I apologize to all my Aussies. But truthfully, everyone really feels whoever wins the Daily M is the best player in all of footy. But let's go over these numbers for Tom Travojevich because they're incredible. Three tries, 227 running meters, three line breaks, four line break assists, three try assists, 15 tackle breaks, and four tackles made. There's some players that don't get that in four weeks and he did it in one game hell there's some players i don't know, do that an entire season okay let's be honest but we won't say that out loud uh tom travojevich is now starting to make people talk is he the fullback going forward for new south wales and we know that teddy's still there hell teddy's the captain of new south wales but are you missing that much strike not putting Turbo back in the number one jersey for for the Blues? Are you? You know you've got to ask that question. My number two is a guy that waking up had no idea that he was even going to be in this position. Ewan Aiken moved positions, a position not used to playing, and he produces two tries, 163 running meters. One line break, six tackle breaks, and 41 tackles made. In a gigantic victory for the Warriors over a West Tigers team that had everything to play for. But I felt it when I made the pick. There was something about that Warriors team. There was something about the way they sent off RTS, Roger Tuavasa Sheck with the Haka as he left. That they were going to honor him. And that jersey for the rest of the season. And they did it, by God, they did it. And my last gun, we're gonna do something we haven't done on the show before. We've got a gun that's a Carlton Blues. That's right, Harry McKay, five goals, two behinds, 11 disposals, 11 kicks, seven marks, 282 meters gained in the 112 81 victory. For the Blues over the Saints. And pretty much sending the Saints home for the offseason. Now I know, I know St. Kilda fans are saying they're not done yet. They're done. You're done. You're done. Which really stinks because I thought St. Kilda, you know, I even said it. Go back and listen to my, some of the old coverage from last year's playoffs, last year's finals. I thought St. Kilda was going to be one of those teams that was going to do some damage this year. Uh, and make it to the finals, but again, they've just kind of fallen off late, and I think that that, that loss to the Blues, um, it probably cost them. So there was a lot to cover there, and and I have a couple stories as we go outside the bubble. Um, but I think you guys have all seen, uh, especially with how good the Matildas and and uh, the, the the men's Australian uh, basketball team is playing that basketball is kind of in everyone's mind right now Uh, and free agency just started over here in the NBA well you, you knew that with money with clout and with probably the best player in the game I know a lot of people say it's Giannis Giannis had maybe the best season but to me the best player is still LeBron James and you can't say anything against that because LeBron was hurt most of the season so guess what happened? The Lakers, Lakers gonna Laker. Because the Lakers went out and got some major pieces to try to add to the puzzle to bring another championship back. The Lakers went out and obtained Russell Westbrook from the Washington Bullets. Okay, Wizards, but I, I feel horrible saying the Wizards because no one is going to fear or lose to a team named after the nerdy kid from your sociology class that would love to wear a dunce cap and say it's his wizard cap and his little magic wand. No! I'm sorry, you fans of Harry Potter, but that's why I can't get into Harry Potter, because wizards don't scare me. That being said, the warriors, the wizards, excuse me, the wizards, they're all thrown off, will be the bullets to me always. So anyway, Russell Russell Westbrook doesn't have to worry about them anymore because he's a Laker now. And then Carmelo. Carmelo, Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony, who has played himself back into a career again, is going to play with his best friend, LeBron James, and he's going to put on the gold and purple. Now, the funny thing about this roster is they could win the championship. I'm saying they're really strong enough. As long as Anthony Davis and his stork legs stay healthy and he finds a way uh, to, to complete the season, I still say it's a, he's got to shave the unibrow down. I talked to one of my buddies about this a couple nights ago. I said I think it's messing with his aerodynamics. I think that, that, that unibrow is forcing him down. It does not allow the wind currents to allow him to flow down the court. And I think it throws off his big stork legs. That's me. 80, you're a great player. This is nothing against you. I'm just looking out for you. Manscaped. Anyway, so, uh, but there's a possibility that this could be a team that wins it all. But on the other hand, this team could go Thermal Global Nuclear, meaning they could just totally explode from the inside out, and we might have to be checking for rads in Los Angeles for the next 10 years. That's right. It could go that bad. You've got some, I don't want to say volatile personalities. Okay, Russell Westbrook. I don't want to say volatile personalities. But I think if these guys all think that they, they have one major goal. Westbrook, Carmelo, right? If they play the game right, if they don't know this is their best chance to win a ring, they're crazy. If I was if I was Carmelo right now I'd already be running. I would already be running. I would I would come into camp the best shape I have been in for the last 15 years. And I'm sorry. I that is how hungry he has to be because I think Carmelo Anthony has it in him to play one last great season. And I don't know if LeBron can bring that out of him or does he even need to bring it out of him? But I do think Carmelo can be that guy. We saw him Playing these last couple seasons with Portland, right? And I and that's even in a Portland place where his best friend wasn't even at. I think the but I, I but deep down, Carmelo knew that they were not going to win the championship in Portland. That's not the case here with the Lakers. He really can he can smell it. Okay, he can't see it, he can't taste it, and he can't touch it, but he can smell it. He can smell with that roster, with that team, they've got a chance. And they do. But all those guys are going to have to be on the same page for them to go over the top and actually bring this home. And I'm excited to see that. I'm beyond excited to see that. And then my final story for Outside the Bubble, and I could have gone a lot of places. I hope you guys are all recovering uh, and getting through these last few days of the Olympics. I hope you're all wearing your masks. Because it is in Tokyo, but um, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz. No, I have nothing against Carson Wentz. Matter of fact, I'm kind of a fan of of uh, the Bison and his and his college program. But have we seen a starting quarterback have more bad luck than Carson Wentz? I'm like I said, I, I, he hasn't played a complete season yet. He hasn't made it through a complete season yet without injury. And he gets to a new destination, gets to a new home, gets to a new future. Gets back with his quarterback's coach with the, from the Philadelphia Eagles. Gets back with him. And he's already injured. Foot, foot injury. At first they then say, well, it's not going to need surgery. We're just going to rest it. Two days later, yeah, he's going under the knife. And they're projecting five to 12 weeks on the sidelines. Here's what let me help you out with something, Shedheads. When an NFL team gives a low number, never believe that for a second. If you bet your home, your wife, your husband, your kid, you're going to lose them. You will lose them. You always look at the big number, they say, because that's probably always closer to what's going to happen. So let's say that it's 11 weeks. Let's give the NFL a break. Let's say 11 weeks. That's two months almost into the season. And that's then Then he's got to come back and get, how should I say, quote unquote, into game mode and speed. Where these guys don't look like they're coming off the edge and off the corner going 80 miles per hour. That it's a little bit slower for him. And can we, any of us, say the last two seasons that it's ever looked slow for Carson Wentz? Coming off the corner? Coming off the edge? There's a reason he's not a Philadelphia Eagle anymore, Shedheads. There's a reason. So now the Colts double down on a guy to me that I would not have brought in to be my future. And you let Jacoby Brissett leave? Without, to me, feeling that you ever gave him a fair shake. And we don't even want to get into what I think is going on there. But still. You messed up, Indy. You messed up. And I think it's going to show this season. But uh, anyway, that's it. I'm not talking anymore about the Colts or, uh, you know, Carson Wentz's bad foot. But what I will say, Shedheads, is we, if we don't feel the excitement now with these last five and three rounds coming up, You're never going to get excited for anything else all year. Christmas is nothing to you then. It means nothing to you. Because right now it is Christmas. It is footy Christmas. And I am, to say that I'm geeked is an understatement. I'm sitting next to to my wingman right here, the great Zeke, who you last last week you heard have a hairball on, on live podcast radio. He's doing a lot better right now. So much so, he's drooling next to me. Is he? Wait. Oh no, no. He just came back alive. He's, he's awake. Uh, anyway, Shedheads, be excited this week. There's some incredible games on FS1, FS2, Fox Soccer Channel. Take them in, so you can watch on how great my picks have been once again. And let's double down. Let's go. Let's try to go at least six for eight this week. Because I know somebody's gonna drop a ball for me. But I'm excited. I hope you're excited. I want to thank you for joining me again this week. It's been incredible. You know how I love bringing you guys into this this little place that's our own that we can share together, that we can talk about, that we can take in and you can get some knowledge. But until next week, Shed Heads, stay safe, stay out of trouble. Love you guys. This has been Corey. This is Corey Jackson. This hasn't been Corey Jackson. This is Corey Jackson. You've been listening Outside the Sheds. We will see you next week. See ya! And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson. Talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends. And show them what Australian sport is all about.